0: Hey everybody, this is Brent Kellogg, the pastor of Hillspring Church in Sand Springs, Oklahoma. And this is our podcast. Thanks for taking time to join us today. Our prayer is that this would inspire you, build your faith, and help you take the next step in Christ. Enjoy the message. All right, so we started a series a couple weeks ago called This Is My Year. This is my year. This is my year to obey God. This is my year to be healed. There are a lot of different components. And today we're gonna to talk about one that's um It's uncomfortable for some of us. For some of us, you wanna hear. For some of us, you don't wanna hear it. But either way, I'm believing in faith that it's gonna be a good day for all of us. And so I wanna pray, and then I wanna jump into it. God, I love you, and God, I thank you for today. Thank you for letting us gather here. Holy Spirit, for those that are watching us online, I pray your presence would just fill up their living rooms, wherever they're at. And God, for us in this room, help us to hear your word and to do your word. God, we love you and we thank you. It's in your name I pray, and everybody said... Amen. So I don't know when I got old, all right? I'm not sure, don't know when that happened, don't know when it started. Some of you guys, you look at me and you think, okay, he's, he's like a young guy. Some of you guys, like the teenagers in the room, where are my teenagers? Any teenagers in the room, anyone? Okay, yeah, 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 they're still halfway awake. Um, we, uh, By the way, real fast, real fast, I need to do this. Um, Pastor Will talked about it, but last night was morp for um, our, at least our Sand Springs kids. And a ton of our, our students that were at Morp were here at 8 a.m. getting ready to do service and make all this happen. Give them a huge round of applause, <laughs> following up on their commitments. Love that about teenagers. But anyways, I don't really know when I got old. Um, I, I started trying to think through my life. When, when, did, when did I really start feeling like I'm, I'm getting old? So I, I'm 34 years old. Some of you again might not think that that's old at all. Some of you guys might think that that's really, really old. But I was kind of looking through the timeline of my life and thinking, okay, when, when did when did this start f- happening? When did I start getting old? So so maybe it was, uh, you know, I started this job about ten years ago. So maybe it was when I started going into Clyde Boyd at lunchtime and going and hang out with some of the teenagers there at Charles Page. And ten years ago, it, their friends that that were around our students, they would say, hey, is 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 that your brother? And I'm like, oh no, no, I'm I'm just the youth pastor at school. Now when I go, it's hey, is that your dad? Okay, so maybe maybe that's. Maybe that's when I started feeling like I got, I got old. I, maybe, I was thinking through this, in my 20s when I would go on trips, I would just get a toothbrush, throw some clothes in a bag and I could be gone. I was, I was easy. It was, it, was, it was no problem at all. Now in my, in my 30s, I have to pack my orthopedic shoes and then I gotta pack my Tylenol and my Icy Hot and all of my allergy medicine just to get out of the house, but especially uh, my CPAP machine so I can live throughout the night, all right? And so maybe, maybe that's when I started getting old. I thought about maybe even concerts. I love Concerts. I love going to concerts. In my twenties, when I would go to concerts, man, I would be right in the middle of the the, the mosh pit. I'd be right in the middle of the crowd. Like I, I had no care. I'd jump around, push. I, I was so good with that. Thirty-four year old mats Those people are sweaty. God, and they just smell bad, right? Uh, so this one kind of creeped up on me actually. Just uh, this summer, Cass and I went to a concert up in Arkansas, and we were there and. Before the last song of the band, before they, before they played their last song, I, I looked at Cassie and I said, hey, let, let's get out of here so we can beat the traffic. All right, that, that, might, be, that might be how I felt like I was getting, I was getting old. I don't know, I, I do know this, I probably wouldn't go back into my 20s. Uh, some of you guys, you might've loved your 20s, but I, I don't think I'd go back to my 20s. I, I like the 30s, Thir- 30s feel pretty good. Like I feel like I'm kinda getting some parts of my life together, there's more stability in, the, in my 30s. Um, if I could travel back in time again, I don't, I don't think I'd go back to my 20s, but I do think if I could travel, there is one place I probably would go. If I could go anywhere, I'd probably go back to this time in elementary school. Not my elementary school years, but this one just kind of specific moment in my elementary school uh, time. And it was, I went to Twin Cities. Uh, that place isn't even there anymore. But there was a day that was the best day of the year for me. And, and some of you guys might experience this, some of you guys might not, but it was called the book fair day. Anyone know the book fair day? Anyone know what I'm talking about there? Yeah. Yeah. I, I love the book fair day. They would give you this little scholastic reader and you could read through all the things that you wanted to buy, whatever book you wanted, like it, whatever it was for you, goosebumps or, and maybe goosebumps was satanic in the nineties. I don't know, but it was, it was good for me. And, and you could, you could read through them and, and you could take it and then you could go to, to the library and, and on book fair day, you could go get your your books. Now, if you're a Barnett, you don't read. And so you just went and bought all the toys there is what you did. But, it, but anyways, it, it was still a fun day. And so I remember I got to book fair day and, and, and I got called out of class so I could go into the library and, and go get all the stuff that I bought. And so I went and got all the, the normal things. And, and it was about 1997, I think. And this timeline could be way off, but about 1997, I was walking and about to get into the, the line to, to pay for all my stuff. And I looked over. And to the left, there was a little jar of slime. Now, I know you can YouTube how to make slime now and all that stuff, that wasn't happening in, in 97, all right? And so I thought, okay, I need that slime, all right? I, like I have to have, like I don't know, that's when Flubber came out, like, it was like a big deal at that point. And so I went over there and I picked it up and as I picked it up, I, I turned around and I, and I had a friend there and he was in the room and, and I could just tell, that my friend didn't have the money to pay for what he wanted. And I had to make a decision in that moment. 10-year-old Matt had to decide, am I gonna be selfish or am I gonna help my friend? And so I was selfish and, uh, no, I'm just kidding. But um, what I had to kind of decide is, I, I knew that I could, I could, I had the money to take care of him, but I, I don't know if I want, like, I want, this, I want this slime. That sounds so stupid, but I, I-, I want this. Ended up, I did, I, I got his stuff and, and we paid for it and I made him pay me back with a lot of interest on top of it. But we took care of this thing. But here's what I remember. I, I will always remember, this so stupid. I'll always remember when I paid, I was so mad. I was trying to act like I was cool about it, but I was so mad because I knew what I wanted. I wasn't happy about having to pay for that. I wasn't happy about having to give that to him. Today, we're gonna talk about something close to that. So for many of us in this room, My hope and goal is that this is my year to be a cheerful giver, to be a cheerful giver. Now, here's what I know. Some of you in this room have been waiting for weeks and weeks and weeks. You've been inviting your friends, like, come to church, come to church. I promise, this isn't great. It's different from any other church. Come to church, come to church. You're at church on the money day? Really? I I get that, I get that, I get that. But I I promise you this. I, I don't want anyone in this room Let's all just take a collective, like let's just breathe out. Let's all, let's all be cool. Don't, don't give me COVID, but let, let's just breathe out and, and let's just be okay today. There is no shame in this room, all right? They're, I'm not gonna browbeat you, but if God talks about money, if Jesus talks about money, we need to talk about it, okay? Is everyone good? It gets real quiet when you start to get into this part. Today, I believe that God can make us cheerful givers. And so today we get to talk about money, cash, money. And here's what I want to do. I want us in this room to really have our hearts open. Maybe you don't know who Jesus is. Maybe you're not connected to a church. I want you to hear this today. We love you. We're glad you're here. You can have any question you want. You can be, you can question all this. You cannot believe in any bit of this. I'm glad you're here. I believe that you belong here. And I believe God wants to work into your heart as well. But we're going to talk through, we're going to talk through what God wants to talk through. Jesus talks about your money and so I wanna talk about it as well. Matthew chapter six says it like this, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You, you love what you spend money on. I, I love what I spend money on. So, so you, you can look at my bank statement and you can see what I love, all right? Now, now some of you right now, you're like, well, I, I spend a lot of money at PSO, I don't like PSO, I, I get that, but you like your TV, I, are you right? I mean, like you, you do like those things. Like if you looked at, at my bank statement, you would tell that I love Wendy's, all right? You, you would tell that I love pro wrestling, you would tell the things that I love by my bank statement, same thing with yours, you would tell in my bank statement that my wife loves Amazon, right? Like you, would, you could see those things, you could see that about your own self. We love what we spend money on, like that's where our treasure is, where our heart goes, it's the same thing. And in 2 Corinthians chapter nine, Paul is writing to the church of Corinth and he's just writing an encouraging letter, but he's reminding them in these two chapters, chapter eight and chapter nine, uh, about something that they owe. And that's what we're gonna get into today. Here we go, 2 Corinthians chapter nine, verse six, it says like this. The point is this, the person who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And the person who sows generously will also reap generously. Each person should do as he's decided in his heart not reluctantly or out of compulsion since God loves a cheerful giver. In verse eight, and God is able to make every grace overflow to you so that in every way, always having everything you need, you may excel in every good work. In 2 Corinthians, in this book, there's a church that needed some help. And the Corinthian church said, hey, we're gonna help you out. We're gonna financially support you. We're gonna take care of you. And Paul's writing to them saying, hey, I know about a year ago, you said you were gonna give um, let, let's let's take care of that. They, they need your help, so let's make sure that we get the money to them. And I love, I wanna add this on there. Context is always king. In, in chapter eight, right before this chapter, Paul's writing, he says, we urge Titus, just as he had earlier made a beginning, to, uh, to bring also to completion this act of grace. Verse seven, since you excel in everything, in speech, in knowledge, in faith, in complete earnestness, and in the love, see that you also excel in the grace of, giving, here's what he's saying. He's saying, hey, I know you do really, really good at at speaking to people. Like, I I know you do really, really good at helping people. I know you're really, really involved in in your PTOs, and I know you're really, really involved in your neighborhood, I get that, and I'm so proud of you for that. He's saying, "I, I I know that you know how to talk to people. I know that you're really good at inviting people to church. I know that you're great at sitting down with people one-on-one and telling them about the gospel. I get that, and I love that about you. That's great, that's what Paul's saying, but he said, let's also excel in this matter right here, the grace of giving, the grace of giving. As much as you're doing great serving, let's do just as great at giving. And he calls it the grace of giving. This is really this idea of the gospel, that we are saved by grace, by God's love. He's saying, in response to God's love in your life, let's respond by giving to other people. Does that make sense to everybody? This, this, is what he's, this is what he's saying, that the grace that you've been shown, show grace to everyone else around you and give them what you have. This is a beautiful chapter and it's tough, but it really does matter for us. So if you wanna be a cheerful giver, I just have a couple characteristics. Three, because I'm Baptist. And so here, here's what I want you to do. I want you to grab that note out and, and let's start writing them down. Here we go. Number one, a cheerful giver is an intentional giver. So I didn't wanna do this, but it's gonna happen. I gotta say a cuss word. Um, and so, it is, okay, don't be scared, I promise. Uh, but I gotta say a cuss word that some of you guys aren't gonna like, but. Um, it's gonna be okay. Grab your spouse's hand, hold on to it. If you if you wanna you know throw rocks at me, that's fine. I don't, I'm not scared of you. Uh, but but here, here's, here, here it is, if you can throw it out there, don't, don't, get, don't get mad, here we go, um, budget. Yeah, it's a cuss word in my household, okay? Yeah, I, I get it, it's not fun, it's not, it's not easy. It's not anyone's favorite words. But for a lot of my generation, a lot of the generation behind me, really the generations sometimes in front of me, the word budget is a cuss word. For most of us, we, whatever we make, we take it, we throw it into the bank and just hope for the best at the end of the month. That's, that's kind of we, how we live. But in verse seven of this, it says, each person should do as he has decided in his heart. Once you make the plan, you set the strategy, and you're intentional in giving, God will begin to bless that. I, I'm a firm believer in the law of firsts. Pastor Will was just talking about the first 15. Maybe you don't know what that is, but we've decided as a church that we want to, as much as possible, in the first 15 minutes of our day, before we get on TikTok, before we get on our email, before we start checking text messages, before we go and log into to whatever it is, before we do social media, anything like that, the first 15 minutes of our day, we wanna spend time with the Lord. Five minutes in prayer, five minutes reading the scriptures, five minutes in worship, whatever that looks like for you. That's the first 15. You want your life changed? Do that. You want your life molded and, the, and, and to be more like Jesus? Start with him. I believe that the first things that we do, if we honor God with those first things, he'll bless the rest of it. That, that, that's me. And so I believe the same thing about your tithe, about what you give. The first thing we do is we give back to the Lord. Now, if I'm you, if I'm you, I'm sitting there asking, okay, well, so like what, 1%, 2%, what, 25%, 30%, 50%, 80%? Here, here's the answer, you ready, ready? Yes. I, I'm, I don't, I'm not gonna put a number on you. I believe it's 10%, but here in the scriptures, 2 Corinthians chapter nine, it says each should give well, he's decided in his heart, not out of compulsion. It's up, it's, it's to you, whatever God's put in your heart. It's gonna be really, really hard that if you have the grace of Jesus in your life and you are abounding in that and God's been so good to you, it's really hard for me to see you as a person who says, hey, I'm, I'm gonna give a lot less. I, I don't see that. So here's my, here's my thing for you, why don't you just start somewhere? Just start somewhere. You gotta give 10% today? No. Start somewhere. This week, just start somewhere. And, and and can I just be honest? And this doesn't even have anything to do with money. I just like are, are you guys like just let's do a poll real fast. Let's all be alive for a second. Let's let's do a poll. Um, aren't you guys tired of excuses? Like in life, aren't you tired of people always giving excuses? Like COVID's an excuse. Everything else is an excuse right now. Like let's give up with the excuses. Let's stop that stuff. Let's start now. 10 years ago, I was challenged by Pastor Brent. And he wasn't challenging me because he wanted me to give. He just said, hey, I see God moving in your heart. I see God doing some things in your life. Here's the one area that I'm wondering, have you submitted that to the Lord? That was 10 years ago that I started my journey on beginning to tithe. And I'm not trying to act awesome up here, I'm not at all. But that is, outside of Cassie, the greatest decision I've ever made in my life. My life has been changed since then because I submitted that part to the Lord. And so again, I'm just gonna say, start somewhere. I don't care about percentages. You've heard Pastor Brent talk about policies and principles. I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm, we're not gonna get mired up in that. You, you decide what you have in your heart, but I, I'd say this, it's not about an amount, it's about an attitude. What, what does God wanna do in your heart? Because you know what, for some of you, it might be more than 10. It might be 20. It might be 30, I, I don't know. A cheerful giver is somebody who does it intentionally. Amen? Number two, let's keep going. A cheerful giver gives from contentment. Gives from contentment. Philippians chapter four says it like this. I love Philippians four, verse 11. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. Paul's saying that contentment doesn't come from just a stage of life when you have a bound of money in the bank. It doesn't come from when you can go on so many trips. Contentment comes from you learning how to be content content because all of us as human beings, we are prone to gather. We're prone to hold. We're prone to build more and more and more. And so he's saying, you will learn how to be content by the grace and the love of Jesus. You'll learn how to be content in whatever circumstances you are in. I'm not talking about a political stance or anything of this nature, but some of you guys know this, but I've been running for office over the last couple of weeks. And this is a big learning curve for me because there's a lot of things that I didn't know about. There's a lot of things I've had to read, knocking on, like Cassie and I just, we, we counted up, we just hit, we just went over 1,000 doors knocked on, all right, that's a lot of people to talk to, that's a lot of people to, to deal with, and I'm learning more and more about who we are as a city, and here's the other thing to that, though. In whatever circumstances, because I'm gonna tell you, running for office is weird, and I, I don't, I don't, I, it's, it's just weird because I don't really like rejection at all. I don't think anyone's like, hey, I wanna sign up for rejection, right? I don't think you're, you're that person. I, I don't like it. And, and there's been times where we, we've had a little bit of that. And in that time, I walk away thinking, man, I hate this, I don't wanna do this anymore, I hate every bit of, like, I get frustrated. But here's what the Lord's reminding me. In whatever situation, whatever circumstance, wherever you're at, whatever job you're at, whatever, whatever place in life you're at, be content because God has you there. So I walk away from houses and I think, man, they don't like me, but man, God, you still love me. I, I don't like this situation, but God, you, you have my back. I don't like where I'm at, but God, you're going to take care of it. That, that's, that's being content in all circumstances. God, I'm not happy, but you're good still. This is contentment and this is, this is where we need to be at. And so our, our, our givers, our cheerful givers are those who wanna give out a contented heart because they know, hey, no matter what God does, no matter what happens, no matter what circumstance I fall into, no matter what bills come up, no matter what happens with my water bill, here's what I know. I'm content because God's gonna still take care of me through it all. And that's, that's what we're working through. Whether you need or whether you have plenty, contentment will call us to give to God everything because he's given everything back to us. Here, here's the last one and we'll be finished here. A cheerful giver gives expectantly, gives expectantly. So theologically, I'm probably more of a mutt. Okay, I grew up in a lot of different, different places. And so um, I grew up in a Pentecostal church and, 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 and all, all those things. And then I grew up with, in, in a Baptist church to some extent and, and all of that. And so when you hear people talk about money, especially preachers, it does put a wall up because you sit there and think, well, okay, these preachers, they, they, they do the, the health, wealth, and prosperity gospel thing, and, and you, you hear that, that if you give, then God's gonna return everything back to you, and you, and you hear that, and so I, I wanna fight against that, because I don't like that, and then, then I've heard pastors that talk about God wants you to be very poor so you can show off Jesus, and I don't, I don't think that's right either, I think there is a middle of the road that we walk down, and, and, and here's what I'd say, sometimes for me personally, I'm just talking me, sometimes when God talks about money, and when he talks about blessing, like, I kind of push away from that because I don't want to feel like I'm one of those prosperity gospel preachers. But we can't push away from the blessings of God either and what the scriptures say. And so if the scriptures are true, if we we're gonna believe John 3.16, we also have to believe this scripture as well, right? And so let's, let's go back to 2 Corinthians. It says, the person who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. The person who sows generously will also reap generously. He, he's talking about your money. How talking about my money. If you give it away, you'll get some of it back. Now, let me ask you this. Is it only money? No. It might be peace. It might be comfort. It might be unexpected blessings in your life. But he's saying what you do with your resources, if you hoard them in, if you hold on to them, that's what you're going to end up with. Verse seven says like this, each person should do as he's decided in his heart, not reluctantly or out of compulsion, since God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make every grace overflow to you so that in every way, always having everything you need, you may excel in every good work. If I had a fourth point, and I don't, but if I had a fourth point, I would say a cheerful giver gives because they know God is able. Real fast, let's just, let's cut that part of scripture out for a second. God is able. Able. I want you to get this, because I, I feel this in my heart today, and, and I hope you feel this, but whatever situation you're in, God is able, okay? Hey, that, that thing that's keeping you up at night, that thing that keeps you toss, tossing and turning at night, God is able. That, that thing that is you're, you're struggling with, with everything inside of you, God is able. That, that, that fear and anxiety, God is able in your life. Like this is, for some of you, you didn't come to church to hear about money, you come to church just to hear that right there, that God is able in your life. that he's not done. God's, can we be, God's never needed your money. God's never been broke. It's all his. We're just returning back to him that is already his. And it's a test. God is able, I love this scripture. God is able to make every grace overflow to you so that in every way, always having everything you need, you may excel in every good work. What does every mean? All, everything, every bit of it. Let's look in the Aramaic, real fast. Here we go, we look in all, everything, same thing. Let's look in the Greek, here we go. Everything, all, it's all the same. He's saying God's able to provide to you everything that you need. God's able to provide for you everything that you need in every space of your life. Life And that's one of the hardest things for us to believe, but it's one of the truest things that we should ever believe. So I, I wanna illustrate it like this. Is everyone still good today? Everyone good? Okay, I know you're quiet and I know you're angry at me and that's fine. Your booze don't bother me at all. I, I have my wife. So here we go. Here we go. Dalton, I'm gonna move this, buddy. And, and here's, here's, here's what this is gonna look like. I know in about 2.2 seconds, all of the teenagers in this room are gonna check out. So here we go, here we go, here we go. Here they go, Yeah, there you go, Yep. Yeah. So every teenager in this room saw these M&Ms and they decided that the rest of the sermon's over, I just need these, okay? I get that, I get that, that's okay. I will have 25 of them come up to me afterwards and say, when can I have those? So here, here's what we're gonna do. This right here, this person, this is a non-cheerful giver. We'll call this Will, okay? We'll call this Will. This right here is a very cheerful cheerful giver. We'll call this Matt. And here's what ends up happening, and I'm, I'm just joking about that, but, but here's what ends up happening. We look at life. We think, okay, well, I got a lot of stuff. So my paycheck just came in, I got a lot of stuff. Now some of you guys are like, hey, my paycheck should be right here. I, I get that, okay, it's, it's fine, but. So I'm looking at life. I gotta pay my utilities. I got to pay that cell phone bill. I got to pay for food. Got to, uh, college. All right, I, I, I got, right, I, I, got, I, got to, I got to pay for, I got to pay for clothes, gas. Got to pay for the oh, HOA fund. I, I got to pay for PTO. Got to pay, I mean, like, there, there's so much. And at the end of it, we sit there and think, well, God, I would have, Don't right now, no shame in this room. Then we have the person who's more apt, more maybe the cheerful giver that says, hey, I got my paycheck. First thing, God, it's yours already. Then school, food, clothes, my wife, Amazon, school, college, all that. It's still empty. This is where the scripture really matters. Because I've been here. This is where the scripture really matters because truly God is able in every way, in every space to provide for you everything you might need. And so I would rather be the person who gives God my first so that when I say, God, I need, I need some help, that all he does from the overflow of what he has. Malachi says that I'll open up the windows of blessings on your life, test me in this. You won't be without, you won't live without that what I have for you is more than you can ask, think, or even imagine, that's, that's who God is. And I know, hey, Matt, that's easy. That's that's that's, that's cool. You can do it with m and I get that. I understand that. But here's the truth. This has been proven time and time and time again. Time and time and time again. This has been proven in my life. This has been proven in lots of people's lives. And I know we can easily sit there and say, well, well if I would just get the blessing, then I would. But I'm telling you, before the blessing, why don't you give it to God and let God show up and bring the blessing to your life. Amen? I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, a couple of things I want to invite you to do. First, hit the subscribe button. That way you won't miss a single episode. Secondly, if this message has impacted you and you would like to help us reach others, visit our website at hillspring.tv and hit the give now button so that we can take this message around the globe. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.